One of the great joys I have in my priesthood is preparing couples for marriage and then uh, officiating those weddings. It's a beautiful privilege to journey with these couples as they prepare for the sacrament of marriage and also uh, to sort of catch up with them even afterward, uh, to sort of continue those friendships that we have formed that last even after uh, my main work with them is done. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, one of my, I guess, former couples, they're married now, um, announced on Facebook and to the world that they were expecting. And their story was a pretty cool one. Uh, their names are Ellen and Andrew. Ellen's family I, I've known since I was a toddler. They're close friends of my family. Um, and they've been married for almost five years. And for the last three years or so, they'd really been hoping and praying for the gift of a child. But it wasn't in God's plan and really wasn't on his time frame. And the last few months, they had started strongly discerning uh, the, the process of adoption. And they had turned in an application to start that process. And wouldn't you figure, the next day, they found out that they were expecting. Just a beautiful testament to God's providence uh, and, and his plan and just surrendering our lives over to our God. And it's such a wonderful story I think for me, just again, knowing their, their, their desire for a family uh, and just their, their love of the Lord and bringing him into that process uh, and the beginning of that journey of motherhood for my good friend Ellen and anyone who's ever sort of been one to tell the good news of a pregnancy or even the one who is able to receive that news, it's such a joy to see that circle of joy expand uh, for such a beautiful thing as the gift of motherhood. And certainly many of our moms today are probably recalling finding out and then telling family and friends and the joy that comes from that. Uh, it's such a beautiful gift, this gift of motherhood that we celebrate in our society and really that the church holds out as a beautiful gift and a beautiful witness to holiness. And certainly no amount of thanks uh, even comes close to recognize all that our mothers have done for us. And the church over many centuries has relied heavily on the witness of many, many holy women, mothers, both physical, biological, and spiritual. So we think of like St. Catherine of Siena, who convinced Pope Gregory XI to move back from Avignon to Rome. She essentially told him, you are neglecting your duties, get back to Rome. And he absolutely did. Or St. Teresa of Avila who reformed the entire Carmelite order, both men and women, is, and is considered one of the great mystics in church history. Or even someone maybe a little bit more recent, St. Zelie Martin. She was a laywoman, a wife, and a mother. Her daughter just happened to be St. Therese of Lisieux. So many of these wonderful women gave the church great gifts and a witness that the men of their time were unable to give. And the church is so much better off because of their example and faith. So I think on this day that we celebrate our mothers is a good time to reflect on the beauty of what St. John Paul II called the feminine genius. The feminine genius. If we go back to the very beginning of humanity in the garden, we see Adam all alone with the other creatures. And there's a reason why Adam didn't understand himself when he was in that situation, he was all alone. None of the other creatures proved to be a suitable partner for the man. And Adam didn't even really know what it is that he was lacking. 
He couldn't put words to it. He couldn't describe it. He just knew that he was all alone. And there was something lacking in that garden. Something lacking in the human race. And it was only upon seeing Eve that he exclaimed with such great joy, This one at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Adam saw in Eve someone who was like him, but different. And it was in seeing Eve that Adam finally knew how to relate to the world. And he finally knew who he was. It was only in seeing Eve that he understood who he was, what he was made for, and who Eve was and who she was made for. They didn't make sense without each other. And Eve had so many things that Adam didn't. Great gifts of splendor, beauty, empathy, receptivity that were found in degrees in some of the other creatures, but found most prominently in woman. Adam's original solitude is overcome because of Eve. Eve was not just created to do things that Adam could. She was created precisely to do things that Adam couldn't. And it was only then, after the creation of Eve, that God described creation as very good. In the previous five days of creation, God simply described creation as good. It was only after the creation of Eve that he described creation as very good. And so God, in his eternal wisdom, made men and women made us equal in dignity, equally sharing in the image and likeness of our God, but he made us complementary. And it shows how wise our God is. Yes, God could have made all of us the same, but if that was the case, then creation would have been nothing more than an assembly line. But God made us all unique. He made Adam and he made Eve and he made them so complementary, but he didn't just do that For one set of people, he did that billions and billions of times over on many different levels. It speaks to the wisdom of God that he wouldn't just want there to maybe be one instrument in an orchestra, but to be an entire symphony. That is the beauty of the complementarity that is written into who we are. And there is so much beauty in that complementarity, and I would argue much of that beauty comes in the gift of motherhood itself. It's almost ironic that today our our society celebrates mothers, and rightly so, but in so many other corners of society, motherhood is scoffed at and seen almost as a curse by some people. And sure, motherhood is a tremendous sacrifice in innumerable ways, but often the greatest sacrifices of life are a gateway to God's greatest gifts, both for ourselves And the gifts that we are able to give to others. And in the life of Christ, we see how motherhood is such a tremendous blessing through the example of our blessed mother Mary. Bearing the Christ child and being the mother of the church. And even we view the church itself as our mother. All of us drawing our spiritual lives from her. The feminine genius is at the heart of our Catholic faith and of our church. So we must look with the eyes of faith and we see God giving parents and in particular giving mothers the gift of being co-creators with God. To be a co-creator with God. 
And we today celebrate that beautiful co-creativity and the feminine genius that God has given us. So while our world might want to remove all distinctions between men and women and blur every line, we are not always one-to-one interchangeable. We are on many things, but on the most essential things, we aren't. Our sexuality isn't anecdotal to who we are. It is essential to who we are. And the gifts that women bring to our world, our community, our church, and even our parish and our families are so valuable. We must never take them for granted or allow them to be reduced, exploited, or ignored. So I want to end with the beautiful words of Pope St. John Paul II in his letter to women written in 1995. Thank you, women who are mothers. Thank you, women who are wives. Thank you, women who are daughters and women who are sisters. Thank you, women who work. Thank you, consecrated women. Thank you, every woman, for the simple fact of being a woman. So may God bless our mothers this day and every day.